Welcome to episode number 20 of the Four Animals for Earth podcast. Oh my gosh, could you believe we're on episode 20? I It's literally blowing my mind. Um, I've been thinking about all of the incredible interviews that we've had and all of the, the cool things that we've learned. I mean, at this point, there's got to be over a hundred like simple ideas of what we can do in our daily lives that have come out of these interviews. Um, so I've been thinking that over the holidays, I'm going to pull together a couple of roundup episodes going back through all of the interviews that I've done in season one and all of the simple ideas that came out of that and then again for season two. So um, keep your eyes open for that. I'm really excited to just go back and see everything that we've covered. There's just so much. So um, thank you for for being here for this ride and for supporting the show. And um, I'm just really excited for what's to come. So today I am talking with Stephanie and Chelsea in New York City. She runs Metalicious Jewelry, which is a handmade collection of jewelry made from recycled metals and ethically mined gemstones. Stephanie's been featured in Glamour and Cosmo and BuzzFeed, and she has over 20 years of experience in the jewelry industry. And what I think is really cool is she tells us without a doubt, jewelry can be made in a sustainable way. And I think that is just, um, it's really inspiring to hear and it's exciting to have the chance to learn from her today. Stephanie and I met this summer when we exchanged blog posts for our blogs. She wrote a blog for the Four Animals for Earth blog um, all about how we can find ethical jewelry. And if you're interested in that, I'll have a link to it in the show notes. And I wrote a post for her about three simple ways that I use healing crystals to help me with anxiety. And there's a link in the show notes for that too. Um, what happened with this exchange of blog posts is it kind of opened up Pandora's box. It, it, it led me a bit down a rabbit hole because after I wrote my post and I read hers and learned from hers, I started thinking, you know, where where do these crystals that I use to help me emotionally, where do they come from and where are they mined? And I started researching and um, it wasn't pretty. And so I reached back out to Stephanie hoping to learn more and she helped me understand more of the industry and I kept digging and I found Nicholas Pearson, who if you haven't heard my interview with him, it's really, really good. It's an episode 15. So you can go back and listen to that. And he teaches us a ton about um, the rough gem gemstone industry and, and um, the healing crystal industry and how we can navigate that a little more consciously. So then Stephanie, through all these conversations that were happening, she agreed to come back on, the, or actually to come on the show. So she agreed to come back and teach me more about what sustainable jewelry even is and what it means and what kind of materials go into that that we can look for. So let's dive in. Uh, the simple idea for today's episode is to ask questions. And so if you are... Um, purchasing a new piece of jewelry or if we're out shopping for a new piece of jewelry for ourselves or for someone else, we should just start asking the questions. Where did the metal come from? Where did the gemstones come from? And, and ask for proof. And 
it's uncomfortable. It can create an uncomfortable conversation. But the good news is what Stephanie tells us is that the industry is changing. And so there are a lot of options out there where people can trace back where uh, the materials that are in our jewelry came from. So that's our simple idea for today. For today's show notes, go to fouranimalsforearth.com slash podcast slash 20. And last thing, if you would like to join me live next Tuesday, uh, December 8th at bit.ly slash fouranimalsforearthlive, I am going to be talking with Jason Bliss all about permaculture and setting up ecological impact centers in Costa Rica. I hope you'll join us. Hi there, this is Brandy, and you're listening to the Four Animals for Earth podcast. This is a space where we inspire each other to take small steps every day to live a more conscious life, helping animals and the planet while we do it. I'm so glad that you're here. Let's all take a deep breath and let's get started. So Metalicious is um, my company. I started it about 15 years ago um, from a little corner workbench in my bedroom. Um, I don't know if you've heard New York apartments are really, really small. So it literally was like this little corner. I had everything like underneath the bench and, you know, like hidden away in different places. And, um, you know, it was something that I started because I was staying home with my son. He's now 15. She's the same age as my company. <clears throat> and, you know, I started Metalicious because I had worked in the jewelry industry. I've been in the jewelry industry for over 20 years now. And I worked for small jewelry designers and I worked for big mass manufacturers. And at the time, I can remember um, ethically sourced gold or or recycled gold was something that was just starting to be um, talked about in the in the bigger part of the industry, but they weren't really embracing it because it was too hard or it was too you know nobody would understand it and it costs more to to get the recycled metals than it does to just get it from the earth and you know but my heart was like oh my gosh that's so much waste that we don't need to we don't need to be continually mining the earth for gold. Um, plus or silver or platinum or palladium or whatever the fine metals are. Mm -hmm. um, and so I knew when I started my company that one of the biggest things that was so important to me was the earth. You know, here I am raising my son um, and I wanted to make sure that he has resources and clean air and, you know, clean water mm -hmm for himself, for his children, for, you know, generations to come. And it's just not responsible to, to me as a business to knowingly mm. use, use resources when you don't have to. Recycled metals come from, people have been recycling metals for years. Um, you know, the, the like places that are like, we buy gold. Well, they take that gold and they recycle it. They send it to a refiner. Um, and that refiner will clean the gold and purify it and make it the exact same quality as earth mine gold, but without the, the waste, without the, the effects on the earth. Hmm. Um, so you can get recycled gold from, you know, old jewelry 
You can get it from jewelers like me. I, I save all of my scraps, every little shaving that comes when I'm using my saw, um, any of the dust that comes when I'm polishing the gold. Because, you know, when you're polishing, you're removing little tiny micro particles mm -hmm. of gold. Well, mm -hmm. where does that go? You know, you can collect it. You can just let it, you know, fly in the air or you can have a way of collecting that gold. Um, so there are lots of different ways that you can get it from computer parts. I don't know if you know, but like computer parts use fine metals. Um, and so recycling all of your computers properly, um, you know, sending in jewelry you don't wear anymore, um, jewelers sending in their scrap instead of holding it and hoarding it for, you know, who knows what reason, send it in and you they will refine it and you can reuse metals over and over and over again so it's not necessary to continually mine the earth for fine metal hmm. that's pretty fascinating um and you said this has been going on for years and years and years i mean who who does the refining like what what industry is that and how as just an everyday consumer do we meet up with that industry to um pass our stuff on. And I, I, su I suppose if, if anyone had a use for scrap metal, also get scrap metal. How, how does a consumer meet up with that industry? So um, I did a lot of research when I first started out because there weren't a lot of jewelers who were doing it. Um, Melissa Joy Manning, I think, was one of the only other jewelers mm -hmm. who were doing it on a small, you know, we were small jewelers mm -hmm. on a small mm -hmm. scale doing this. Mm -hmm. Now, because of all of the, you know, us being vocal about the resources and the environment, <clears throat> these larger companies and mass manufacturers are now following our lead. And that's just how it works in general. Like mm -hmm. it's a little entrepreneurial, um, small business owners that kind of create the change that mm -hmm. then the effects, you know, ripple throughout the whole industry. Mm -hmm. So as a small, you, you asked a great question about where, okay, as a consumer, where can I send my metal? Mm -hmm. um, there's a refiner I love to work with. Um, one of the things I'm committed to when I started my business um, is to use local businesses or businesses that are based in the United States. Because when I started um, in the industry, New York City had a huge manufacturing um it was like a hub. It was a mm -hmm. hub for manufacturing. Mm -hmm. And then um, people started outsourcing because it was cheaper to make mm -hmm. things overseas. Mm -hmm. um, and then that happened more and more, not just in the jewelry industry, but in uh, industries across the board. Yeah. 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 And what we did was we took those jobs away from, you know, Americans Local and people, it really yeah. tanked our, our economy. Mm -hmm. Plus it was heartbreaking to see my friends lose their jobs. It was, it was awful. I can mm -hmm. remember, you know, a 200 person staff of jewelers that worked for this big manufacturer I worked for that mm -hmm. all got laid off. It was just, it was devastating. And it's, there's, there's a place, a time and a place for the mass manufacturing. Um, and I, was able to travel overseas to these factories and kind of see the workers there. And, and it really does amazing things for economies overseas as well, mm -hmm. families overseas. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, again, there's also a way to ethically do that, you know, and instead of yeah. having like the sweatshops and the children and, you know, all the horror stories that are real. 
Um, so anyway, so one of my commitments was to work with companies in the United States, in New York, local, local businesses, creating jobs, um, because if my business can support um, other local businesses, that's also helping to create jobs in, you know, in my community. Mm-hmm. So I work with a um, refining company called Hoover and Strong. I can give you that information uh-huh. and put it in the show notes. Hoover uh-huh. and Strong. They work directly with consumers and also, you know, jewelers and pawnbrokers okay. to take your old jewelry, okay, refine it, and then they'll pay you. They'll pay you for the gold, for the cost of the gold. Um, they even remove gemstones if you need them to be removed. So any of my clients, um, when you work with me on a custom piece, and you have, you know, your grandma's ring or your, you know, a necklace that you never wear anymore, college rings, whatever it is, you can send the the jewelry to me and I'll send it into Hoover and Strong so that they can get a jewelry uh, credit towards their, you know, custom piece. But as a consumer, you can also download their paperwork, fill it out, send it in, and they'll send you a check. And then they'll take that gold and refine it. So they have a big factory. I was able to go down there and tour their factory. It's amazing and beautiful. Um, and, you know, they're really super conscious. They were one of the first companies in the United States to really be on top of the ethical recycled metals, um, refining things, reusing, reducing, recycling. Mm. Um, their whole process is very clean. Um, you know, because the whole, the recycling process, like anything could potentially create more pollution than it does good. So they're very, very um, particular with what they do. So they work directly with jewelers to supply metals and findings. A finding is like an earring back or an earring hook or a chain. Um, that's what a finding is. It's like a part, something that, that becomes jewelry. Um, but they will work directly with a consumer to you know buy your jewelry and and give you a, a check in cash or not cash just a check <laughs> um so you can do that there are pawn brokers i i can't really speak to the whole pawn broker industry um you know i've heard good people i've heard there's bad people mm-hmm. like in any industry mm-hmm. so i just use hoover and strong um the casting company that I work with, because all a lot of my jewelry, I make the piece in wax first and then get it cast into, mm-hmm. you know, whatever fine metal I'm creating the piece in. Um, they, so when I started doing this, I was like, I need to see proof that, that the metals that you're using are recycled. So they worked with a refiner, um, a different refiner who just supplies to uh, casters across the United States who provided the paperwork that, you know, showed that this is what they do and it's completely, you know, transparent. Um, Because if you don't ask the questions, people could tell you that they're ethical or they could tell you that they're, you know, recycling gold. But if you don't ask the questions and you don't actually see certifications, um, you can't really be sure. You really can't be sure. Same thing with gemstones. Um, a lot of people, because now that's the buzzword, is the sustainable and ethical and, um, you know, eco-friendly and all of that stuff. Right. That's now the buzzword. Um, a lot of gemstone sellers I've been seeing on Instagram are claiming, you know, mm. ethically sourced. Mm. And I'm like, 
you know, I, I don't really think, you know, the mm. person, the seller in Pakistan is really caring about the miner who is mm. mining the, the gemstones and making sure that the environment that that person is working in, you know, they have clean air, they have, you know, proper ventilation, masks, um, you know, healthcare, <laughs> you know, mm, I don't, I don't yeah. think that they're, they're doing that. Um, and I will always ask before I purchase any stone, I I've built up a whole roster of gemstone cutters that I trust mm-hmm. over, you know, the 20 years I've been working in the industry. Um, you know, but it takes time and you do need to do the work and it is more expensive because you are working with other people who care enough to pay their employees, to take the safety precautions, to, mm-hmm. um, you know, make sure that they're testing air quality, all of, all of the things that we don't think about when we, you know, go into the store and we, you know, buy that piece of jewelry mm-hmm. and we wear it. But really, all of that energy goes into the jewelry that you're wearing. Mm-hmm. In, in, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and for me, that's, that's the kind of jewelry that I make. I don't make landfill jewelry, jewelry that you just wear for a season and then, you know, toss it. My jewelry is really intentionally created mm-hmm. for people who want it to really represent something in their life because you're wearing the jewelry close to your body. You know, you want mm-hmm. it, you want it to be full of love and full of goodness and to do good things in the world, mm-hmm. um, to come from a good place. So it's just, it's so important. I, I think I just rambled. Anyway. I, you know, I, I, I love that idea of the energy that's in your piece of jewelry. And, you know, I mean, I feel like it's easy to picture in say an engagement ring, for instance, it's like, you know, you, we obviously see the energy that comes in that it's literally passing from one person's hand to another, and you know, love and, and but, you know, to your point, like, um, there's so many layers that go backwards before it reached one person's hand to pass it to the other. And, um, and, and I, I, I love the concept of thinking of all of the energy that is in that piece of metal and that gemstone being like a whole history and a story and a background to that jewelry that you now wear with, um, your own energy and your own love and passion for it. I I think that's such a, beautiful, um, almost poetic way to describe a piece of jewelry. I think that's really, um, really, really neat. And, um, I, I, I may know the answer to this, but I'm going to let you answer it. Um, what simple idea do you have for people to anybody to use, to help animals and help the environment through, you know, jewelry. Wow. That's huge. That's a huge question. It's hard to go simple, isn't it? I'll tell you what, one thing I was thinking just from you talking and then uh, we'll see if you have any other thoughts, um, was that as you were describing you asking the questions that you ask of your suppliers, I think a consumer can ask those questions of the person making their jewelry. And I think one simple way to do that is to purchase jewelry from someone that you know who made it and you can ask them the question. Um, So that was one thing that popped in my head as you were talking is I think that that can apply to consumers as well. We can just start asking the questions of, you know, where did it come from? 
And I think, you know, there's a little bit of uncomfortableness that comes with that at first, because, you know, you don't want to come across as, as questioning mm-hmm. somebody's ethics. But right. at the end of the day, like, this is something that you're going to be wearing close to your body for a very long time. So you want to make sure um, that it is intentionally created. Um, you were sa- you were also asked of how, how can an ethically sourced piece of jewelry affect the earth? And I think just, um, you know, just the way that I described how the process behind making a piece of jewelry, like you said, all of those steps that are taken before it gets to the hand that gives it to the other, the the other person Mm -hmm. who's going to be wearing it. Um, You know, the intention behind all of that affects everything. It affects, you know, the environment in the way that you, um, you know, the the filters you have on your uh, system that does the refining, Um, the, the filters you have on the the smokestacks or the, the air ventilation system so Mm -hmm. that, you know, you're, you are being very careful with the environment and the humans, not just, not just humans, but the animals, the animals, the earth, um, you know, you have to be really intentional. And I think it's such a call to action for jewelers. Like it's, it's almost, I, I can't wait for the day where that's the bare minimum that mm-hmm. is required of jewelers, where mm-hmm. all of us are using recycled metals, all of us are using ethically sourced gemstones, and we demand that from the industry. So, you know, I, I we've come a long way since I started mm-hmm. um, as like one small voice. There's now many, many voices okay. chanting mm-hmm. the same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. And some of the bigger players have taken up that, um, you know, and that comes from the consumer. The consumers mm-hmm. are demanding that. Like you, you can start demanding that from anybody who you're buying your your consumables from mm-hmm. um and they have to listen and you do that with your dollars you know where mm-hmm. where you spend your dollars that is going to tell your your you're going to send that message to the bigger consumers like until you start using recycled metals and ethically sourced stones and you show us proof mm-hmm. then we're gonna we're gonna shop elsewhere where people can mm-hmm. where people can show us those things um I think I just went off topic, but I could literally just talk about this all day because I'm so, it's, it's so important. It's so important. And it's, you know, a responsibility for all of us mm-hmm. in the jewelry industry to, to care for our environment, to care for the future of our world, of the earth, for humans, for animals, for everybody. Mm. You know, it's, it's really nice to, to hear you talk and to just be able to feel your passion because I can see why you've been a catalyst for the people around you because, because you are so passionate and, um, and it all comes from a place of just such a simple, genuine reason of, I want to do better for the world, for the earth, for the animals, for the people. And, and I see such a clear somewhat easy way to do it by using recycled, using ethically sourced. I mean, I, I say, you know, somewhat easy came out of my mouth, which nothing is easy, but it is exciting to hear you say that, um, more and more 
suppliers are are stepping up and and, and it sounds like it's becoming easier to find these things um, every day. It, it sounds based on what you're saying, which I think yeah, is and really I've had funny. a lot of um, you know a lot of jewelers who are who are also small business owners. You know, when they saw that that's what I did, they were like, "Well, how do you do that?" And I'm like more than happy to to share my resources and to share you know where where I get my stuff from because the more that I share, the more that those companies can grow and you know, potentially spread through throughout the industry. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't do me any good to to like hide everything and be like, it's mine, mine, mine. Like that's, that's not, that doesn't feel right to me as a business owner. Um, so yeah, I mean, through the years, I've had a lot of other jewelry designers because I started on Etsy. And so there were, mm-hmm. you know, lots of, it was a beautiful community of artists, mm-hmm. you know, just starting businesses. Mm-hmm. And so I would get these questions about, you know, where do you get your metals from and how, mm-hmm. how, what does recycled mean? And how yeah. can I do that too? Yeah. Um, and it, and there is a price to pay for that because you are paying for the the labor for them to, to refine the metal. Mm-hmm. But the price to me is worth it because of the, the downsides if we didn't do that, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, like that, there's, yeah. there's, you can't put a price on the future of the earth. Right. Yeah. And, and it's true. And I think um, it's hard to explain that the feeling and the cost to humanity and to the earth that you feel if you are passionate about this, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to express that um, kind of vague idea of what may happen to the earth in 30 years and 50 years or in our, our grandchildren's generation, you know, it's, it's hard to grasp. And I think that, um, when things are more expensive right now, we seem to be in that transition period, you know, where, um, it is difficult because things are typically more expensive if they're coming from an ethical, sustainable background. Um, but it, it also, I think is a little bit in contrast to the, the type of society we've lived in for the past, you know, 30 to 40 years where everything has become how cheap can we get it and how much can we, we get. And there can be a trade-off of, um, something that's, that's more expensive, but less of it. And, and it's, you alluded to this in the beginning of our conversation, which was, you know, making jewelry that is something that, that people will keep for, for their entire lives and maybe wear every single day or many days and maybe pass on to multiple, to generations, you know, I mean, I, I, I inherited jewelry from my grandmother and you know, that that's really special and it's very different than the disposable stuff, which I've owned plenty of over my lifetime too, that, um, that I now know. And I, it just never crossed my mind back then that, you know, just buying the quick, you know, $10 necklace to wear once was, it was an issue, but you know, now it's, um, slowly these conversations are happening more and more. And I think, you know, um, those of us who, who do resonate with it then are excited to have more opportunities to find people like you. And when you Google, you know, a a sustainably sourced gemstone jeweler, you can find people. And I think, I think that's really exciting. Um, 
And, and I really, really love what you said about being open and sharing resources, because I also think that is a, a paradigm shift that would need to happen for, for most business owners to feel comfortable openly sharing their information because it's just inheritively a competitive world. But to your point, the more we can share, the more those suppliers can build up their supply. And then the whole industry changes um, slowly and gradually. I, I think that's just a really good point um, to make. And, and I know you spend, you spend your time teaching some too, right? You, do you have interns that, that can come work for you? And, and I do, like I that? do. I have, um, I mean, right now during the pandemic, I've, uh, we only have one and, you know, we kind of stagger when she comes in. Um, but no, I love, I love teaching. I love passing on my knowledge because what good is it going to do me if I, you know, die with the knowledge like it's (laughs) much better to pass it along um and I wanted to to circle back to the point you made about um you know kind of like sharing or being a being a force for something bigger because there are Mm -hmm. people who don't necessarily get it they don't necessarily understand the impact Mm -hmm. of being a consumable society what that's going to do for the earth and and Mm -hmm. and future Mm -hmm. and like those people are never going to get it. Like I'm not talking mm-hmm. for those people. Um, I am doing what I need to do, what I feel is right to do in the world. And in that way, I become an example for other people um, to create an awareness because to your point, like were people even, did they even know to Google sustainable or yeah. ethically sourced? Mm-hmm. Um so we've kind of made those words part of the lexicon, um, regardless of whether people believe it or not. Like mm-hmm. that doesn't matter to me. What matters mm-hmm. is what I'm doing, what footprint, what footprint I'm leaving behind in the world, mm-hmm. and how many small little ripples I can make that will ripple out and become bigger and bigger with bringing lots of other people into the circle with me. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, I absolutely think it does, and I I think it's. Um... I think it's a nice inspirational thing for everyone to think of, you know, because it often feels like, um, I I think sustainability and the environment and stuff, it can sometimes be tough to, to have in conversations because you don't want, number one, if you, um, are somebody who's really, really passionate, you don't want to make someone else feel some sort of like guilt or shame for their lifestyle. And the reality is that we all have aspects of our lifestyle that are more sustainable than other aspects of our lifestyle. And, and I think that every single one of us, each one of us can make such a big difference just in what actually works for us, you know? So if, if a sustainable piece of jewelry works for us and and we can do that, then that's amazing. And that is our little ripple into the world that you described. And then, you know, another couple months later, we can put another little ripple on something else. And I think that's um, really an inspirational way to think about trying to change the world because if it, um, at least in my experience, if it becomes, um, kind of preachy or 
you should do this or you should do that or you're or you're hurting by your behavior. It's just it creates a wall and it's and, and mm-hmm. it doesn't need to um, if people For do sure. that to me, you know, and it, it's just Same. it doesn't end up causing the change that just focusing on like what what works for me inside me, my little ripple I can put out to your point, it, um, it really does change things around us. Um, maybe a little bit slower or, you know, than, than we would want, but maybe faster than, than it, it would otherwise, you know, we, we don't really know what the impact is of all of the little things that we do, right. Or all the yeah. little things we say. Yeah. And, and like how we found each other, you know, we found each other because we're, we're of a like mind. Mm. And so, um, you know, it just, you, you just build your, your community, your community just gets bigger and bigger and bigger, um, just by being who you are and putting, putting yourself out there and, and, you know, doing your part, you Mm. attract people who, who also want to do their part as well, whatever that part is, whatever Mm. little bit that is, um, so yeah, I love that. I love how how you mm. phrase that. Mm. Yeah, I, I I just love where this conversation has gone. I think it's really inspirational, and I think that um, I hope. I, I mean. I've learned so much in just a short amount of time about recycled metals. And I mean, I, I always wondered like, what is that? Where, where, where does that come from? How do you become a part of that circularity, circularity? Um, Yeah. It's um, I, I, I really appreciate you sharing it and I, and I thank you for that. And um, I, I have, Okay. So another question I definitely want to make sure we get into this conversation is that I know that you don't do diamonds. <laughs> so you, you, you say specifically, like, I don't do diamonds. I wonder if you can elaborate on that a little bit, just because I, I feel like that's an important um, thing for all of us to learn. Why, why don't you do diamonds? That's an awesome question. Um, so that was a hard one for me because. Um, you know, one of my, one of my jobs was being the, the product director of an entire gold and diamond line. So I have a lot of experience there in seeing the, um, again, that landfill type of, of part of the industry where it's just, um, very, uh, there's, there's, it's, it's overinflated in price. Mm-hmm. It's overinflated in value. You know, there's a monopoly on diamonds. It's just, there's, there's a lot of ugliness around mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a stone diamond being the hardest stone, like by far, far harder than any other stone. Um, and it's got its own chemical properties that make it be more reflective and refractive Mm -hmm. and all of those things. I have done a lot of research and, and, you know, there are some companies in Canada that I do work with. If somebody insists that they want to work with diamonds, um, again, I did my research, you know, Mm -hmm. I asked the questions, I, Mm -hmm. I dug deeper to make sure that the, the companies that I work with are, you know, open, are transparent. you know, so, so diamonds are hard to trace where they are mined from. 
you know, and I, I think a lot of people have heard about blood diamonds mm-hmm. where, you know, there's, a, there's just so much negativity around mm-hmm. the whole mining of diamonds and where they mm-hmm. come from and, and really sourcing them. because You can't really tell where a diamond has come from and they're working on doing blockchain to try to track it, but we're just not there yet. Okay. So I prefer to use um, mossonites, which are lab created, gorgeous very hard, super sparkly, better than diamonds, in my opinion. Uh Um, You know, and you don't, you don't need all of that baggage that comes along with the stones. Like we were saying before, where all the steps Mm. that before Mm -hmm. it gets into your hands, before it gets Mm -hmm. onto your body. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and again, I've, I've chosen specific companies to work with to get those mossonites. Um, you know, white topaz is another one that you can use. I don't particularly use cubic zirconia, but you can use CZs. Okay. Um, you know, so so there are alternatives to to diamonds. You know, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of darkness to diamonds too. There's the dark side. Mm-hmm. So, and you just don't know really what you're going to get unless you've done your research and asked your questions. Got it. Help. (laughs) Yeah, got it. No, it definitely makes sense. And it's funny because you can really picture the light and the dark side. You know, you've this beautiful diamond in front of you and this really dark history behind it. And like you said, you don't want to be wearing anything that you know is carrying that that dark history behind it. Um, Yeah. And it just propagates more and more of that to continue to happen. You know, it Mm -hmm. just continues that that cycle. So again, like it's my responsibility as a jeweler to inform my customer and to do my research and mm-hmm. to, um, you know, cause I'm creating these beautiful sculptures for this person to wear. So I want it to be filled with love and joy and light. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think it's responsible on my part to, to educate, um, and to do my own research and to mm-hmm. continue doing my research. It's not like I made a decision, like I'm never going to use diamonds again, you know, mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. change. People are hearing the industry is hearing us. So that's, yeah, that's exciting. And I think with everything evolving, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's what maybe doesn't work right now might in the future or what wasn't great 10 years ago might be fine now. I, I, I love that, um, you've brought that up, that it's just, it's a constantly evolving thing. And, um, really what we can do is from today forward in the decisions that we make, if we're buying a new diamond, we can really, really dig into that so that we know exactly where that came from or choose a, um, uh, alternative. Yeah. 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 Um, one last question for you, and this one is kind of random off, but I want to ask it because you brought it up at the beginning and it's ironic. So, um, you talked about recycling computers in the right way. And I say this is ironic because I was having a conversation with a friend last night specifically about this topic. And she was asking me, do you know where I can recycle electronics? And the answer was, I don't. I don't. I mean, I I would just probably start Googling myself and trying to figure it out, but you brought it up. So I'm wondering, do you know what is the proper way? Can we part with our electronics in a way where they actually can be used for good? 
Is that possible? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, I know like with cell phones, you can actually donate them. I mean, laptops, computers, things that are still working. But, you know, generally when we're done with electronic, it's because it's broken or there's no way it's old or outdated or whatever. Um, So I know different states have different recycling um, criteria. So the best thing to do is exactly what you said, is to Google and see the recycling plant near you. Okay what they, you know, what they actually recycle. And if it's not near you, is there a place where you can mail your electronics to? Um, The place I mentioned before, the refiner, I wouldn't mail computer parts there um, because there's a lot of other stuff in a computer that can be used for other other industries as well. So I would definitely do the research and see, you know, find a place that actually takes the electronics. So Mm. again, do your research and, mm-hmm. and, you know, there, there may even be places where you can mail it if it's not near you. I know for me locally, there are places for us to bring it, you know, certain times of the month, you can bring them, bring your electronics okay. and um, they'll, they'll make sure that they get recycled correctly okay. and not end up in a landfill somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Because it makes you cringe thinking about it going to the landfill and in it for whatever reason, it feels like electronics are going bad faster and faster. (laughs) um, So yeah, that that's exciting to hear that it could kind of be parsed apart and, and reused. I'll, um, I'll look for some of that stuff and and put it in the show notes to, to help people kind of head in a direction. Um, All right. So last question for you is where's the best place for people to find you? Are you, um, do you still have stuff available that people can buy for like holiday gifts coming up? I do. I do. I have a, um, in stock gift section on my website. Um, on Etsy, I also have ready to ship items, ready to ship earrings, necklaces, rings, um, even some bracelets I have ready to ship. So you can find me at metalicious.com. Okay. I'm also on Instagram at Metalicious Jewelry, Facebook, Metalicious Jewelry. Um, yeah, you know, and I'm on Etsy also under Metalicious if that's where you you feel most comfortable. But Okay, perfect. So that's good. It's it's Metalicious everywhere. It's either Metalicious or Metalicious Jewelry. So everyone can find you nice and easy. And that's all for today. Thanks so much for tuning in and listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. If so, please consider hitting subscribe, rating or reviewing us, telling a friend, any or all of the above truly make a difference. The more people we can reach, the more people I can find to interview and the bigger impact we can make together. Keep an eye on your feed. We'll be back soon with the next episode. Thanks. Bye.